Hello, 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 and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod, episode 163. She's back. It's okay, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone can sleep easy. Sunta is back from her travels to New Zealand. How are you, Sunta? Yeah, very well. Um, good to be back at uh, home. Uh, I think I've just about managed to get back to UK time. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a great I say few weeks, but actually, twelve weeks we've been in camp pretty much together. Which is a long time. I thought those days were gone, but no, they're not. <laughs> it's flown by. It's flown by clearly. Big old pod this week. We're going to concentrate on the PWR, the women's top league here in England. It's been rebranded, got the umbilical cord, somewhat to the RFU, um, out by itself and on. A full broadcast as well in TNT, which is the BT Sport. We've got Belinda Moore, CEO of PWR, coming on the pod later on. And that wasn't enough. We are going to have the best player on the planet on the pod, Marley Packer. But first, uh, Sunter, nice to be back in New Zealand. Different role. How, how, how different was it? Yeah, completely different. Like chalk and cheese. Um, it was really good. Uh, I've probably never been challenged or as uncomfortable. I was going to say four weeks, probably the last 12 weeks as I have ever been. I think it's probably one of the quite possibly the hardest things for a number of different reasons that I've probably ever done. Um, it certainly wasn't something I'd planned uh, when I was saying goodbye in Newcastle just a few months ago. But here we are character building and I've learned a lot about myself and um, about rugby and I've actually really enjoyed it. Brilliant. Um, the, the results we'll talk about in, in just a second, the performance of the of the England team. But have you enjoyed being out of your, your comfort zone? Because, yeah, when you, you clock up 478 caps, um, I, I guess, you know, that, that routine of doing that, you, you, you're very used to it. Um, but actually, the role changed somewhat and you're coaching players literally weeks past having packed down with them. Um, did, did you enjoy feeling uncomfortable for the best part of three months? Um, I think at times, no. Um, but that's the thing about being uncomfortable. But we've got a saying about you, you've got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And as the weeks went on, I tried to be more comfortable feeling out of my comfort zone. Um, and I, I did really enjoy it. Um, I wasn't sure at first, obviously, how it was going to pan out. You know, like you say, having recently just finished playing with a lot of the girls and some of my really good friends, how that was going to go down coaching. It was obviously a different role to the one I signed up for. Um, and then obviously you take into account around the fact that the staff I was working with, I was once a player to them. So there was a lot of different relationships to, to work through. And then I guess get a grasp of how the Red Roses were, were going to defend and trying to implement a, a defensive strategy and plan. And as Mo kindly pointed out when I told her what my role was going to be in the build up to WXB, she went, oh, well, no easier job than going against the best teams in the world. And I was like, Thanks, Mo. That's really comforting and reassuring. Just what you want your friends to do. Um, so that was 
also pretty daunting to know you you're going in to the best competition like in a world cup you've obviously got your pool rounds you've got your quarters your semis and your latter big games come towards the end where boom we were even the warm-up games two games against Canada you know the third best team in the world I was like um wait uh wait to jump straight into it but you know I've learned a lot um along along the way maybe things I wouldn't do maybe things I would do like yeah so learning on the job they call it don't they something like that yeah absolutely um you can become a politician um with those kind of skills um five five out of five um in terms of win success with a, a clipboard and your initials on your tracksuit, I remember pretty sure that was important to you. Um, marks out of 10 then, Sarah Hunter, for Sarah Hunter as a England assistant coach thus far. Oh, I'd give myself a solid five, I reckon. Not more? Oh. In, ter- in, terms of, in terms of the defensive displays of, of the team? Oh, oh no. That's me personally. No, the girls, like, yeah. Um, a solid eight out of ten. Like, room for improvement. Seven, eight, yeah. Like, they... Do you know the the, the best thing for me and the thing I'm most proud of, like, having, um, like, led the defence for WXV was not the technical or tactical element of it because, like, that's still... Um, like learning and like we've got room to work on but it was the one to defend like I just think back to the Australia game um we defended for three minutes the last play of the game and actually the game had gone but people on our on our line like even um moments in um the Canada game as well like at times just relentless defense like not wanting them to cross the line and same against New Zealand the, the game was won with probably 10 15 minutes to to go but this defensive set sort of like people are chasing back when they've made a line break to make a tackle to put their body on the line and like that's something you want to do like that's not something um like you you can take them to get better like for me I was just like they they bought in to wanting to defend for England and I think like for me that that's the biggest thing like we can work on the technical and tactical thing but their mindset to to want to do that was just brilliant I thought watch out Sean Edwards um here she comes uh in terms of what you were set out before you went to New Zealand as a, as a group of coaches with, with Lewis Deacon at the, the top there, um, interim head coach, and what you've come out with, three victories in inaugural WXV1 trophy, and we mustn't sniff ever at lifting a trophy in a, in a sporting career. It's um, very special times. Where are you with what you set out to achieve and, and what you have? On yeah, and off well, the field. We're definitely, we're definitely on that journey, you know. Um, like whilst Mitch wasn't there, he certainly had led stuff from top down in terms of, especially the off-field stuff around our culture and our values, and had guided uh, the coaches on what we wanted, I guess, our game cycle to be, how we wanted to play, and being really supportive in that. And yeah, I think Deeks led that immensely well. Um, like on the ground and you can certainly see um, how 
the game we want the players starting to be in bed. And again, like all hats off to the to the players, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, they fully embraced it. They like got behind it, they bought into it and they really drove with it. And yeah, I just think that's all credit to to them. And like by no means are, are we as a team the finished article, but it, we've certainly made significant strides on building what was already a really, really great Red Roses team, you know, what Mids did and um, Deeks and Scott before that, you know, like it, it's not an evolution. No, it's not a revolution. It's an evolution. It's just adding strings to our bow and what was already like a, a brilliant team and the work that they had had already done. So, um, so yeah, it was it was in a good place to to take on. And yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest things we've started to see it be implemented. And that's what with eight weeks preparation you know we've now got a a big chunk of time to try and work with players whilst they're at their clubs and see how they they go pwr and and build for the for the six nations where we can get another good go at it and still a handful of players top class players still to come into that mix with injuries and, and and what have you um yeah what because i finished a couple of weeks ago and um we had a look back, um, Sadia and I. Um, she's great, great energy, isn't she, Sadia Kabir? Um, she stepped in admirably for you. you must thank her. Um, what is your favourite moment? Uh, um, my favourite moment, like from a game. Um, yeah. Oh God! Oh, my mind's gone completely. Uh, Win- winning it. Yeah, winning, winning, probably the final whistle. I've never been so stressed watching a game as that New Zealand game. Um, I was going to say the huge amounts of amusement of your your reactions in the coaching box. Um, <laughs> yeah, Claire Thomas brought it to the attention of uh, the media group that we have a little WhatsApp group, and uh, yes, we thoroughly enjoyed Coach Cam from the from the box. How how difficult is it, is it then? Because you would would have been the one. A year, a year ago, lifting up the, the trophy and what have you, and going having a few drinks, and the girls are hiding around corners to scare you and all the rest of it. How, how difficult has it, has it been to, to change that? Or did you, because I, I presume that there needs to be a, a touch of separation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, we've we've tried to be sort of united as a group, staff and players, and do a lot of things to, together. But I do think there has to be a line, like when you get to... Um, like the end of the night so um we obviously had uh, do you know do you know what my favorite moment has probably been like that the change rooms after we've won like not for any reason but like the staff and players have come together and celebrated and celebrated and each other's successes and I think that's a really important time about how like we've put a real emphasis on that and um the one in New Zealand after the New Zealand game was particularly special. Um, And so we enjoy that, obviously enjoy the bus back, you know, the singing continues. And then we all went out and had, had sort of drinks together. And then the girls went on to some probably dodgy Irish bar as you do. um, And the coaches went home and do you know what? One thing was quite nice, not waking up with a hangover to travel 36 hours the next day. So, um, but yeah, uh, so I guess that's a bit like, I think it's really important to celebrate up to an extent, but then I guess knowing as a player, you probably also want your time to just go and do what players want to do 
towards the end of the evening. Absolutely. Uh, look, one last question on Double XV because uh, yeah, as you move into more time in your role, we can talk about uh, sort of your, your coaching, whatever. But um, I know you don't like throwing individual bouquets, but anyone out in New Zealand just just impressed you, whether that be uh, someone who played or didn't play, uh, training off the field, you were surprised that they. Oh, they're a great games master or whatever, or, you know, they're the new Sarah McKenna, whatever it, it may be. <laughs> Jess did a brilliant um, Halloween uh, night for us. Like, we obviously had Jess this breach. Scare, Jess breach. But you know what was brilliant? I think there was, her, it was a really eclectic mix of people that got behind it. So I think there was um, Jess, Maud, Moena, Tallinn, um, Claudia McDonald, we had Simon Minton, who's our new data analyst, um, Alan, who's our kit man, and Rory, who's our new videographer. They all got together and put on the best, like, uh, sort of, like, evening people would go in and then, like, this scare maze. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, and that just shows you, like, I guess, how tight the group was. I think someone was only going to help out for five minutes, and then two hours later they put together, like, this whole activity for Halloween. Um, I was really impressed with the girls that maybe didn't play that much, you know, their attitude to training um, and helping prepare the team was incredible, um, was was really, really good, um, which is difficult when you go out on tour and you maybe don't get as much game time as, as you'd like, but then they've got a really important job in, um, yeah, how how they went about that, I thought was was exceptional. And politically correct as ever hasn't named one individual person apart from people who made a scare maze. Um, <laughs> typical. Look, the the lady who led it all, uh, taking your your captain's armband and was also named World Player of the Year, the the best player on the planet. Uh, Marley Packer. I caught up with Marley uh, a little bit earlier on. A huge, huge welcome to the world's best player marley packer what what a few weeks yeah inaugural captain uh wxv1 world rugby player of the year but i bet the best feeling you've had in the last week or so was when you got home and you got a hug from oliver am i right yeah it was to be fair um just a massive squeeze from him and you know just makes the last four weeks being away, uh, like worth it when you come home and you get that squeeze and mummy pickle, I've missed you. Uh, yeah, so it's been nice. We went down to Yeovil for a day, went on a muddy wet walk with my mum. So it's just nice to actually just spend some quality time with him and my mum and yeah. I mean, most people would expect that I would start with a huge congratulations and, and all the rest of it. Um, you and I are, have known each other a long time. And, and of course, that, that goes without saying. But the, the reason I mention that is because somebody said to me that you'd mentioned to them that, you know, that, that time to win big awards like that and whatever had, 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 had gone. But actually, the last two, three seasons, you're playing the best rugby that I've ever seen you play. And I think that has a big link too. Oliver and, and and some perspective in your life, but huge congratulations! What's it like to be the world's best player? Um, yeah, it hasn't really sunk in to be honest. Um, 
it's absolutely amazing accolade and one that I'm I'm truly really proud of and you know even though I've won it as a on a personal level and as an individual rugby player but I say I wouldn't have been able to do it without my teammates here at Saracens and also the Red Roses but not just them as players but the coaching staff and my own support network away from rugby as well friends family you know, we give up so many sacrifices, which I don't see them as sacrifices to 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 do that to play and do this sport. And for me, I feel like, you know, being named World Player of the Year on Saturday night when I when my manager Harriet told me like straight away, I actually started crying because, you know, the emotions of probably the last four weeks came out of me, but then probably the last. 15 years of being a, a rugby player probably came out because I there was a time when I thought that actually that accolade would would never be mine um, and you know last season a lot of players a lot of people said to me oh we think you're going to win world player of the year and I maybe started to believe it and then obviously I didn't get named in the nominations so I kind of thought well that's okay I'll just keep doing me didn't really think about it so this season when when the awards came out for for, for this year's rugby awards I didn't even think about it so when I was nominated it was it was really nice surprise and yeah I'm just super chuffed so important things like that are, are important to you then um you, you're highly competitive we we all know that but but you're a real people person I, I it was important to to have some sort of personal recognition for the contribution you've given to club and country then in in, in rugby uh, no, I don't think it was important. Like, obviously, it was one of those ones that, yeah, be loved to to have that. Um, I think for me, obviously, it it'd be amazing too. But I think a few years ago, I, I had a conversation with Alex Osterby about my rugby career, where where I'm going, have I got it in me to to keep playing and be at the best of my game? And, you know, we talked about different things, different goals, challenges and, you know, best player in the world. Would I ever pick up that accolade? Can I make it to 100 caps? Those kind of things. And I think, you know, we I put a real big emphasis on actually I want to I want to reach that milestone of getting 100 caps for England. And, you know, I'm, I'm nearly there. Um, and I put a lot of work into not just that, but I want to make it to 2025 and play in a home World Cup because for me, I think there there'd be no better feeling than running out at a to- sold out Twickenham Stadium in a home World Cup. But you know, there's a lot of rugby to be played from there till now. So you know, I'm looking forward to just getting back on the pitch here at Saracens at Stonex, and then you know, see what Six Nations brings along for me. Wow, I've not I've not heard that publicly before. You're, you're determined to get to 2025? Yes. Yeah. Like, Come on, Marley. There's a lot of competition in the back row, obviously. Um, I feel it's like keeping I'm, you young. Yeah, but I, 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 like, I love it. Like, I love playing with the, the new players coming up through. I'm learning from them. They're learning from me. And I think, you know, just got to keep your head down and keep working hard in whatever... Whatever the coaches decide, they decide. But you've just got to keep being true to yourself. And that's what I just keep saying to myself. As long as I'm enjoying it and I've got a smile on my face, which I am, my body's still doing what I want it to do. So just uh, see what happens. Absolutely. There's a lot of rugby and a lot of time before now in 2025. But, yeah, I definitely would like to be there in 2025. Good for you. You and me both. Uh, how was WXV for you? 
going, yeah, going back really down to New Zealand, it. like yeah, as a team, you know, and the performances. Let's let's touch on that for a moment. So as a as a team, I think you know we come together at Chester 14, 15 weeks ago now for our preseason. Uh, we decided not we decided the game chat the how we were going to play it changed how we were going to train what we what we were about was going to change and you know the girls really bought into that I really bought into that um not just the on-field stuff but the culture off field uh we've had a lot of obviously staff change so actually reintegrating seeing what they wanted from us as players and I think you know we all had uh a really tough pre-season. We had those two warm-up games against Canada where, you know, we were, we were trying out our new game plan and how we wanted to play. And then going into WXB, I think overall a really good tournament for us uh, and showing us where we're at. You know, it, it, it's just a, a stepping stone to where we want to go. Um, but it's really exciting times and just shows the depth of the England squad, the Red Roses, uh, the league is doing massive for us. You know, the depth through the squad is phenomenal and, you know, we're all pushing each other to be our best. And was it, uh, how, how nice was it? Of course it was nice. Um, to, to, to beat New Zealand a year on from from losing that final and, and, and back down at the air place. Redemption yeah, but- or revenge? No, I'd, it's really hard because a lot of people, the weeks running up to it, it's going to be it's the grudge match, it's revenge, all of this. But if you take yourself in the group of the Red Roses, it's that we, we were a new looking side. We had new personnel, both players and staff. And, you know, we wanted to go there and, and put a performance on and show off all the hard work we've done. Um, and I think like the starting team from that World Cup final to the one a few weeks ago was very different. So we needed to make sure we just go there, play each game and how we wanted to set out to play it. But then that New Zealand game was about putting in a performance and not thinking about the past or the future, just being present with it. I know there's there's a shift in, in the way that you're trying to play and for you know, crudely be, be, be more expansive, um, if, if we can put it like that. But actually that, that little switch of saying actually it's about the performance rather than about the win because it, I don't know you just got the sense especially towards the end of the last regime that you know the, the wins were all important of course it's World Cups and all the rest of it but is, is that a slight shift let's look after the performance and and the result will, will take care of itself yeah I think so that's massive and I think you know we had targets throughout the tournament for each game of how we wanted to play um and, you know, then we would look at the game afterwards against those those targets that w- were set by the coaches. So, um, actually, it was probably looking at the game and how we reviewed it a bit differently. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is about the win. But I think it's the, the process of how we get the win. And if we... we if the, the forwards look after the set piece and the backs look after their... Uh, flow of running rugby then actually then the wind should look after itself how do you find captaincy how odd was it having Sunter who you've linked arms with and packed down for so many times hundreds of thousands of times then her sort of sort of coaching you, you guys and uh, her, her animation in the box is uh, amused us all back here <laughs> uh, like I've absolutely loved Santa being coach to be honest with you um I don't think she got as much recognition uh being captain is we all, which 
I ever gave her for it because there's so much more to being the Red Roses captain than what I ever knew before I took on the armband. And, you know, she did an incredible job to to do and steer the ship the way she did, but then also to put the performances week in, week out for the Red Roses and for club. Um, I, like I said, I really enjoyed her being coach. She was, she's straight talking. She's not going to feed you, feed you rubbish. Um, and if she doesn't, if you ask her a question and she doesn't have the answer for you, she will make sure she go find out and give you, give you the right information. Uh, I think what also worked really well because she obviously was uh, in the squad and she knew what she wanted more of information or, you know, technical stuff. Then now she's delivering that as a coach. Uh, There's a lot more, a lot more stuff going on where, you know, before a session starts, the eights are doing ball skills and, you know, just little games, but keeping us ticking over, um, but enjoying doing what we're doing as well. And, you know, when you see her around camp, you can really see that. I think she's really enjoying her role uh, and how she interacts with players and the players really respect her and actually have quite a lot of laughs with her. Um, I think she's, it's a lot harder work than what she ever anticipated uh she's always constantly behind a laptop being busy uh but you know from from me she's a godsend because anytime i need to go to ask her a question or what did you do if this occurred or you know just uh just the sounding pillow basically just to check in check i'm doing all right and making right decisions when i'm needed Awesome. We'll add that title to her long list. <laughs> Dame Sarah Hunter, the sound pillow. Awesome. Um, j- just quickly, PWR starts this weekend. Um, we've got Belinda Moore coming on the on, on the pod later on to discuss it all. But just from a Saracen's perspective, yeah, it's cut away from the RFU. It, it's out by itself. Um, yes, yeah, time has been short to get everything arranged, but being on TNT and, and and those kind of advancements and, and the way that the season is being presented slightly differently. Um, it, it's all incredibly positive, isn't it, for, for an old hand in this league? Oh, yeah, it's amazing to be on TNT. Uh, just the way the league is growing, coming away from the RFU um, is just incredible. And I just think it shows where the women's game is going. Um and that, that's up. Uh, it has for the last few years as well. And to be a part of that, but then actually now to take on this next challenge, this league uh, is a phenomenal league to be a part of. And the standards are always going up. And you see that by uh, how many other nations players that want to come and play in our league. Uh, I think it's going to be the best. This season is going to be the best season that we've had yet today, just because I think it's going to be so competitive. Obviously, really sad news to to lose Worcester early on like we have. And, you know, my heart goes out to all those players, but all the all the backroom staff and all the people that put so much work into to, to getting Worcester to where it was and then obviously being pulled from underneath them. But apart from that, as, as the league goes, it's going to be really exciting. And I think, you know, the fact of Tigers coming in, then we've got, trail finders and then you know Gloucester reigning champions Bristol have obviously recruited well Saris I think have recruited well as well so you know it's going to be really good and something that I'm really looking forward to taking a part being a part of and you know playing my part of hopefully inspiring future generations to come play for us. Just finally 
got Loughborough, who've had a sort of a, a clear out, um, for, what, for want of a better expression, freshen, freshen things up. I heard one, one, one player has got, got a little, little stale. Um, and, and they're training well. They're looking forward to, to opening up against you guys. That's half two on Saturday, isn't it, uh, for that one? You, you'll, you'll make um, light work of Loughborough, won't you? Hey, you can't make light work of anyone. You've got to turn up and perform, and I think that would be massive for us this weekend. Uh, obviously, we've had a lot of international players out with WXV, so we've all come back in to, to train in this week. So we need to make sure, actually, that we... we we make sure we know we're looking after what we're doing on the pitch and not worrying about Loughborough, but we do know it is a new look side Loughborough. So actually we've, we've got to make sure we turn up and perform this weekend. You've got Sophie de Goody. The title is yours. Simple as that. <laughs> You've got Sophie de Goody and the world's best player in Marley Packer. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, we've, uh, we've got, we've recruited well. Um, and also like the, the players that are standing from last season as well. Look, we got to that, top four finish we didn't we didn't get to the to the final this year for the first time in a fair few years but you know what what we do know is that we've learned from that and we're, we're putting it into this season Marley I'd love to talk to you all day long as ever but huge huge congratulations um thoroughly thoroughly deserved on on world player of the year and fine captaincy out in New Zealand lifting the inaugural WXV1 title always always a pleasure and we'll um, we'll see you on the touchline very soon See you soon, Johnny. Take care. I'm Maud Muir, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Uh, she's brilliant, Marley Packer. And I, and I made that point about um, uh, about Oliver because three, four years ago, five, five years ago, you couldn't see her doing what she's doing now. And uh, I don't know, just changed her perspective slightly, I think. And... Um, yeah, being a parent myself, it, it does completely change your perspective. But she is playing. I mean, how gnarly was she against New Zealand? Um, you just don't want to get in her way. And what, what a brilliant talent. Um, she impressed you as captain out in New Zealand. Yeah, she certainly has. She's, she's, I think you're right. Like, I think obviously having Oliver, um, and I think just getting older, you probably mature, you get a bit wiser. Um, and she's definitely grown into into that leadership role, you know, um, brand new leadership group as well. And how they've all collectively worked to work together is, it's been great to see. And I guess Marley's the old timer in that group. <laughs> um, in terms of, I guess you've still missing your likes of your Abby Wards and your Emily Scarrett's who, who have, um, obviously not been around for, for this competition. And yeah, Marley's just sort of owned that, own that area and it's been great to great to see and I she does a brilliant job and she doesn't she doesn't need any help or support because like what she thinks and what she says are, are, are the right things and I just try to say to like trust her instinct like because it's actually it's actually really good um and then if she hasn't needed anything you know I I, I want her to grow into the captain that she um it's so brilliant at, but if there's anything, then she knows there's always a place to come in and grab. I should say coffee, but she doesn't like a coffee, probably a Red Bull or a hot chocolate or something. <laughs> but yeah, like I'm always there if she needs some, but I also want to give her that space to, to grow and grow into because she's uh, a phenomenal, a phenomenal leader and she's been doing a, a doing a great job and 
she'll go on to to grow into to even more as as she's given that opportunity to as well. And I, and I just love she's so competitive. She's now got two, three people absolutely nipping at her heels to get that number seven shirt who are out and out sevens as well. And it's just sparing her on to play even, even better. Um, it's, it's, it's brilliant, brilliant for the Red Roses. Oh, it, yeah, absolutely. Like, I think if you look now across the board, like in all positions, but especially in that, that seven, that seven shirt. But I think that that generally motivates her to want to stay at the top. And I think, when you've been around a long time, like that's, that's what you do need to stay. Like not that Molly's ever been complacent, but actually having someone who absolutely wants to take that shirt, like you go one or two ways that spurs you on, you, you thrive in that competition and you come out the other side or you don't, but I can guarantee Molly's not that person. Like you said, on that pitch, she's the most competitive, like, player that you'll see always striving to be better always striving to be the best that she can be um especially in a in a white shirt and she'll put her head um and go places where people won't won't go she'll she'll get into the opposition and get niggly and yeah just create a a great player um by doing so let's turn our attentions to the pwr which Starts this weekend. Shortly be joined by uh, Belinda Moore, CEO of PWR. But let's just take you through the fixtures this weekend. All starts on Saturday. Bristol against Sale, half past two. That's live on TNT Sports here on the U- in the UK. Half past two, Saracens against Loughborough Lightning. Three o'clock. Ealing Trail Finders against Harlequins. And then on Sunday, it is Leicester against Exeter. Gloucester Hartbury have the bye this week. Brenda, thank you so much for, for joining us on what is a, a, an incredibly busy week. Hugely exciting week. We have a, a little media group, um, a WhatsApp group, and ping, 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 all week, <laughs> um, which I think is a very, very good sign. Um, I tend to just, I'm just a reader rather than a, a poster, but uh, it's a very, very good sign. Let, let's pretend nobody's ever heard of PWR before or on the podcast. It's not, hopefully not the case with with this podcast, but what what's the vision behind the PWR? I think it goes back to why it was set up in the first place. You know, the, the intention behind it is ultimately to grow that pathway for, for Red Roses and to have the most successful uh, Red Roses team that we can possibly create. But I think along the way, we want to make sure we've got a really competitive, really exciting, really vibrant domestic club game um, that is the best in the world. Can you quite believe how far you've got in the space of time that you've had to to put this together? The smile says it all. Ah, uh-huh. uh, yeah. Well yes and no, oh, thank you. Um, yes and no is the answer. I mean, I knew when I took the job, we'd got nine months or ten months till the first till the first fixture. Um, we knew we'd got an enormous mountain to climb. We took control of the business on the first of July. Um, yeah, it's been it's been extraordinary and. Um, I think the amount of legal and governance probably has, has has been more than we anticipated, but just trying to get everything else done um, in the same window of time has just been really, really busy. I mean, even really dull things like trying to set up a bank account, unbelievably complicated. <clears throat> you wouldn't think, would you? But, you know, all sorts of silly things like that, find an office, set up a bank account, get VAT registered. I mean, just all sorts of really mundane 
everyday things. It's a bit like moving house, really. Um, uh, you know, redirect your post, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, there's been enormous amounts to do in the team. We're a really small core team, but they have shifted mountains in the last last few months. You just don't think about those kind of things, do you? What What was first? What was first on on, on the list? Well, as I started employee number one, I thought employees two, three, and four were probably quite a good way place to start. Um, so yes, yeah, so, so building a team was quite a key place to, to get us all together. Um, and we've now got a really good little core team. Uh, the six of us plus a couple of consultants. Um, you know, and we're and we're getting everything done. But I think that was a key priority. The TV deal, which we've just announced, was was a massive priority for me. Um, my background is in broadcast originally, and I think that visibility and exposure and regular appointment to view TV, um, you know, it makes such a difference from a commercial point of view and from a, a fan engagement point of view. You know, we've announced, <coughs> excuse me, we've announced the um, we've announced the deal with TNT. We're also still talking to free-to-air broadcasters, we're still looking at the streaming options, there's still lots and lots of work going on, but, you know, time is time is ticking away every day, so we're just trying to get everything done in a very short window of time. It's huge, isn't it, from a, from a player and coach's point of view, to to have that level of, of broadcast, not only sort of on a, on a, on a big platform that um, televises all the men's games, whether it's, um, you know, club games, whether that be uh, international, uh, European or, or, or domestically, but to have on that level and then a production company behind, which um, I, yeah, I know the guys personally involved in it, are, are proper broadcasters. It's going to be massive for the players. Is there a buzz around around them? I just say I think it's it's huge. You know, um, when it got announced, you just saw how much it just went off in terms of everyone, like, we found out when we were in New Zealand and the buzz around the players and what that meant. And I guess about just saying about how it's about not about time, but you know what I mean? It's something we've been crying after for, for a long time that the, the quality of broadcast matches the quality of product that the, the girls are putting out week in, week out. And for me, it wasn't just the players like, clubs got behind it people associated with the game got behind it and it was just a it just virally went went massive on on social media because of just how huge the statement is and and the fact like you said Johnny it's it's a the broadcaster that does the men's team so again it's that almost that parity of like men and women being showcased on an on an equal platform and and given I guess the same attention around uh, the quality of product that's put out there, and there's some real excitement there from from everyone. I guess on the ground that's involved with with rugby, and it's I guess it's all like hats off to to you, Belinda, and your team for again like just listening to what you said in the short turnaround of like how the game and the league's looking in a in a matter of months is like all credit to I guess the endless amount of hours and meetings and everything you've done like I know the players in New Zealand like was, were really excited to get back to, to their clubs to be part of this new PWR league and as much as they've played some high intensity rugby over the last few months they all want to get back out there and and want to be I guess part of the the, the best league that that there is again which is credit to again that the product the league is creating as well and um, that's not just down a broadcast deal. That's down, uh, I guess, how your team has made this new league look. Because yeah, be all... I was going to say, Johnny, it's, it's great to hear that the players are excited because I think for me, that's something that's really important. Putting the players at the heart of what we do is fundamentally important to this. 
and the fact they are excited for the TV deal, the fact they love the new branding. You know, one of the things I like about working with Matter, who've done a lot of our brand and a marketing uh, drive on this is, you know, Flo Williams, who plays for Saris, is it works for them. And, and that having that player input to things is really important. You know, getting that player view. We've just set up our athlete forum. We had our first meeting the other day. You know, we would explain to the players that we want them to be part of the decision-making process. It's a board subcommittee. You know, I want their voice to be heard. I want to make sure they have a chance to review what we're doing, to have their input and, and to make sure they get heard in, in everything we do. You know, it, it was, I was just going to ask you, but Blin, it's just great to hear that from, from the players because I, I know we, we, we met up um, many months ago now and your your vision of, of having the players at the centre of everything you do, plus the TV deal, um, you're, you're staying true to that. And that's not always been a, the, the case in the Women's League. Um, and that's um, sensational to hear. This weekend, coming coming across quickly, um, b- big old uh, campaign this week. So, slightly different this week in terms of a, a sort of season launch and, and powering things differently. Yes, so Power Differently is the campaign um, for, this, for this season, not just for the launch. And I think... It came about from from a um, a conversation I had with Getty Images about four years ago when I was working in men's golf. At the time, it wasn't terribly useful. They were telling me about this amazing shoot they'd done with PSG women when they launched their new kit for the season. And they'd very much given the players a voice in the shoot. And it's one of those things that just stuck with me. And as we were starting, I was at the Army-Navy game at Twickenham and I was lucky enough to be pitch side um, for the anthems. And I was looking at the team and I'm very conscious I have four daughters uh, of all the pressures they face uh, particularly on social media and I thought if you look at a women's 15 you can find yourself in that in that lineup you know the players are all sorts of different shapes and sizes different diversities different ethnicities different sexuality whatever it might be there's someone in there that looks and feels like you and I think in an age where our kids are bombarded and even young adults and adults themselves are bombarded by this sort of image of what everyone should be, and they should all fit a stereotype. What I love about rugby is that it takes all sorts of people to make a really strong team. And I think if you look at our athletes, you can find someone that looks like you, someone who can be your role model, someone who is amazingly at the top of their game, who's incredibly powerful, who has, in all cases of all the players, has an amazing backstory as to either the job they're holding down the mid or how they came into rugby. And I think turning those players into role models for, for, for people is really important. So the Power Differently campaign was intended to show the players as they are and as they want to be portrayed. So we let 10 players loose in a studio with Getty photographers. Um, and it's amazing. Getty crewed the whole thing with women, which was really empowering. We gave them hair and makeup. The stylists had found loads of clothes they really liked. They wanted to keep most of them, which was a bit of a worry. Uh, but racks and racks of clothes them to choose what they want. And they had full control over how they looked, how they how they wanted to be shot. And then when we'd done all the images, we then played all the images back to them and they chose the ones that they liked, not the ones that we necessarily um, wanted, but the, the ones that they really liked. It's been all about making sure they had a voice at the heart of this. And I think the images we've created, which you'll see tomorrow, are really powerful. They're amazing images. And I love the fact that every single player wanted to do something very different. Some of them are very girly, some of them are very sporty, some of them wanted to take a completely different take on everything. And I love the fact everybody got to be themselves in this and I think that's really really important and I know it's a word used a lot at the minute but actually that authentic piece about it matters to me we didn't tell them to stand in a certain way and to be something they're not and actually the nice thing was we also did a traditional more traditional kit shot at the time but because it's been shot in a studio with really nice hair and makeup and proper lighting it's actually it's a really strong image it's a really nice strong image of the teams in their kit as well which is is the more traditional 
sort of launch picture. So no, it's been a really fun, it's been a really fun few weeks. I'm sure. Belinda, how much buy-in are you having from the clubs and uh, and those around? Because it's something that attracted me, what, 20 plus years ago about the women's game was just everybody understood that they're in the in this to, to, to grow the game for the, for the benefit of, of the women and, and for all, most of the time to, to give them what, what, what they richly deserve. Um, but that's quite a, a sea change from how things are potentially from, from my humble point of view, uh, from how things were, were run before. How, how much buying have you had from the clubs, hopefully teeing up a nice answer? I think, well, I mean, the answer is that both the RFU and the clubs are shareholders. So they have a massive stake in this and, and in, in us being successful. So, but it doesn't I think always mean they're buy-in, though. <laughs> I was going to say, but over and above that, they have been incredibly helpful and supportive of what we're doing. Everyone's got behind this campaign. Everyone, I've been around all the clubs and has spent time with them, and everyone's just been really welcoming. I think everyone's really excited to see what we can achieve now as a standalone company. Um, and, and that difference we can make, particularly as we ladder up to that 25 World Cup, which you know we all hope will be you know, a pivotal moment for the sport in this country. Yeah, absolutely. Just go back to the, the television deal before before you let it go, because yeah, we are days away from the, the start, and um, who knows, might see you down at, uh, at Ashton Gate. Um, that TV deal, it, it, it is momentous. We've spoken about being on a, on a men's platform, but that runs through through the whole of the season, including the finals and what have you. Uh, and as you say, you're still hopefully got some some um, some terrestrial conversations going on on the sidelines as well. Yeah, exactly that. It's uh, they committed twenty-one games this season. Um, we're also what well, a minimum of twenty-one games a season. There's a couple of other little little things we're working on, but I can't tell you about them quite yet. But I'd love to come back on in a few weeks' time and share them. But yeah, we've got a couple of things we're working on, which might perhaps see an extra game or two here or there. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 they're they're there for the season. It's a multi-year deal, so they're in for the long haul as well, which is which is great news. Um, and as you say, I think it's that visibility for the sport which becomes really really important. Um, but yeah, we're still having other conversations too, and there's lots of other things we can achieve. There'll be regular highlights every week on YouTube. Um, there'll be regular features. There'll be regular content on our digital channels. We're working really closely with IMG Digital on that. So, lots and lots of good things going on, and lots of exciting things to come. It is I'm like a kid, a kid on Christmas Eve. Um, <laughs> no, genuinely, um, you know, I know. Remember when when we when we first put women's you know, a league game on television? We did the first final, the first playoff, the first Tyrrells, um, you know, and and it's that feeling a feeling again um, because it's um, yeah, it's very exciting. And I and I think having a broadcast partner and that's a really important word in in, in this is that they have a responsibility to to grow the game as well. And you know, you, you see it with the Heineken Cup that has been split between broadcasters now. It just isn't the powerhouse that it used to be when it was on on one channel. Um, and I know the guys behind it are are in, in, in great form. What are you most looking forward to this this season, Belinda? The final whistle of the final. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. Uh, I keep telling everyone it's going to calm down in a minute, but I'm not sure it ever is. Um, I think just seeing all the last six months or so of hard work coming coming together, I think this weekend will be really, really exciting. Um, there's still lots to achieve. You know, we we have a lot to still do and lots we want to do. Um, but I think we're getting off to a pretty good start and, and it can only grow from there. So, I'm yeah, I'm pretty excited. Extraordinary. And you're still chairman of Women's Rugby at Richmond as well? Wimbledon Rugby Club, I Wimbledon. think you'll find. Sarah, I do Sarah's apologize. coming to our lunch on... <laughs> 
I do apologise. And also, don't give, don't big me up too much. Just director of girls rugby. Uh, just um, girls rugby. I did know that as well. Yeah, of course I did. It was Wimbledon. That's all right. um, it's all good. But yeah. Just keep, throw keep that on the plate. Grounded well. in some reality, I think, is the answer <laughs> to that bit. <laughs> Belinda, thank you so much for coming on and joining us. I know you're incredibly busy. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, whatever we can do to help and, and promote whatever, then um, then please just um, yeah, give us a shout. You know where we are. It's an absolute pleasure. I'll look forward to seeing you soon. I'm Rachel Taylor, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Great to have Belinda on the pod, uh, Sarah Hunter. Change needed to to happen, and I think we probably all agree that the uh, the TNT deal with uh, with the production company behind it in Buzz Sixteen um, that um, could be a complete game changer for the league. Oh, it's huge! You know, I think it's something uh, we've been crying out for a few years now, and to have uh, a broadcast deal. Of partners such as TNT and Buzz 16 is like unbelievable. You, you look at what they do week in, week out um, for the men's game and to, to know that that same quality is going to be applied to, to the women's game is, is, is huge. Um, I think it'll make people want to tune in and watch. And do you know what? It'll showcase the quality of the game, which is exactly what it, what it warrants and deserves. So, yeah, it's a, a big, big plus from, from me. And um, I'm sure it will open up to a new audience, which is exactly what we're about. Yeah, and first impressions do matter. And um, it's been bang on for, for quite some time about that. Um, yeah, it's the floating voters we need to, to get in. And, and the better it looks... Um, then you're going to attract those people. It's as simple as that. And um, yeah, this is going to be um, a real game changer for the league. All kicks off Saturday lunchtime at Ashton Gate, Bristol against Sale. Bristol will be strong again this season uh, and Sale have certainly um, strengthened their ranks as well. Yeah, they, they have, um, you know, you've seen the the likes of Holly Aitchison and um, Hannah Bottman from the Red Roses, uh, tune in to, to Bristol. Um, and then obviously Sale have recruited hard, you know, Moena Tallinn's gone up there in the Red Roses. She had an absolutely incredible um, WXV tournament as well. Um, they've recruited strong throughout all the other nations. So um, hopefully it's um, things to, good things to come from, from Sale. They had their best ever uh, finish last year and hopefully under the, stewardship of Rachel Taylor and Katie Daly McLean they'll be going on to to good things this season. And Beatrice Rigoni, what a superstar, world superstar. Yeah. How did I forget that? Unbelievable. Yeah, Yeah. slipped under the radar. Saracens against Loughborough Lightning Harper 2 on Saturday afternoon. Saris weren't in the final. Um, Sophie de Goody's gone there. Again, World-class talents. We just spoke about Beatrice Goni, but these are literally world 15 players um, that are being attracted to this league. Um, She'll add a a little something to Saris. Yeah, she certainly will. You know, she performed, again, really, really well and probably unlucky not um, to be in World Team of the Year, you know. Um, Yep. uh, So she obviously was here two seasons ago and took the league by storm then as well. So I've got no doubt she um, will be on top form, whether that's running, kicking. 
I don't know, like doing things Sophie good, Sophie the Good only does in a game. Um, it'd be great to see, like like Belinda says, we want this to be the best league in, in the world. And yes, we're about growing Red Roses players and that will come through the EQP of the EQP of the league, but having a little bit of stardust sprinkled on top is always always a great thing because it will make the Red Roses play better because they'll be challenged in different ways. So it'd be good to see her back in the league. Yeah, and yeah, she's about to finish her studies and she played some university rugby uh, that she wanted to do and she's just a great, great human being. Um your old team love for lightning. Um bit of bit of a sort of changing of the of the guard New coach Sardia says that uh, they're training really, really well, and you know, plenty of uh, Scottish internationals within that squad. They'll be they'll be buoyed by um, their victory in WXV two. They'll, um, I think they might. Sardia said, I think I think they're going to surprise quite a few this season. Yeah, de- definitely. Um, new change there, new coaching, and from what the girls have said, they're they're really enjoying that, and I think there's. Um, Whilst they've got their internationals back, I think uh, their youngsters have had a good cup run um, and got some good game time. And I think there's a real emphasis on giving them an opportunity. and And it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how how it all blends and mixes um, together. But having obviously been there for the last couple of years, I think and having probably a couple of frustrating seasons, you know that the talent's always been there. So. It would be really good to see if um, they come with the results that their potential um, suggests that they they can can reach, and it'll certainly be a rebuilding year for them. And um, excited to see what they can do. Yeah, one hundred percent. Ealing Trailfinders, just a Trailfinders. I, I I struggle with just. It is, but where you're from, anyway. Uh, trail finders, Ealing Trail Finders against Harlequins, uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, again, yeah, Quinn did a bit, a bit of transition. Um, Ealing, Giselle Mather, plenty of uh, seven stars within that squad, and, and quite a lot of those 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 girls that used to used to play at Was they were they certainly won't be a, a pushover. No, not at all. And this one thing for sure, like they'll be well coached, you know. They'll probably play with a lot of ambition. Um, that's what Giselle's teams are, are made up of. And, you know, when you've got the likes of Abby Dow in your team, anything can can happen. But it'll be interesting to see how much the Sevens girls will, will play. Obviously, they're going into Dubai in a few weeks' time and they're in their Olympic year. So that'll be an interesting um, journey to see what that happens. And they've got a lot of... Um, International sprinkled in there. Tyson Bookbum, she's um, or Bookabum, um, she's there. Yeah. And, uh, and they've also, from what I've seen, if social media is anything to go by, they've added to their team through um, unfortunate happenings of, of Worcester. They've got four or five players, I think, now um, from from Worcester that have gone there. So Ellie um, Green, Ellie Green. I saw Ellie Green in a preseason training game for Worcester and uh, she, she's obviously had a couple of I guess frustrating seasons at Quinn's but she looked to be in good form to to be fair to her um, it was good to see her back in sort of those earlier days when it was this 
up and coming young player. So I'm I'm pleased that she's found a club and I'm pleased for the other Worcester girls that they found somewhere to to go and hopefully get um their season underway. Yeah, and, and Berth's still doing it. Her her two hundred and seventy eighth preseason she just finished off. Um Jay Cockle Roberts there as well. Connie Powell's gone there to fill the void by left by Amy Kane, who's gone up to Leicestershire. Um Harlequins uh, but I think yeah, if they make those playoffs, I, I think they'll they'll be doing well. Emily Scott is always a, a, a an excellent competitor for them, and yeah, they always do pride themselves on bringing on lots of uh, young local talent. Yeah, again, I think it's always hard until you know everyone's back. Um, obviously, Sarah Bonner's there, um, Baba Latchwa's there. They've got their they've got the South African eight who's gone there. Um, so Shauna Brown's back out of retirement. So, um, you know, it'll be really interesting to to see how they go. I think um, their Aussie girls are going back as well. So, again, um, they they've got the foundations and making of a of a, a a really great team. So it'll be um, it'll be interesting to see how they 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 get going with that. It's just like you you worry about the depth. So like outside of maybe that 15 to, to 20 players, what, what sits beyond there. But some of the young players that they do have through their centre of excellence coming through is really exciting. So hopefully the, the cup run has blooded those to get some experience for, for the league. So it, it's a great way to start a local derby, isn't it? Yeah, no, it really is. Um, the takeoff. Um, I believe they're billing out. See what they've done there with Trailfinders. That's the Oh, it's brilliant. Honestly. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think two of the three Australians come back. Bella McKenzie, the 12, obviously, Caitlin yeah, Leaney in Caitlin second row. Leaney, yeah. uh, not sure about Emily Chancellor in the I back. Don't think she, I don't think she's coming back. Anyway, oh. and then Sunder, Sunday, I should say. Uh, Leicester against Exeter. Just that sort of tag of bridesmaids is just moving towards Susie Appleby and, and, and Exeter. They... Um, They'll be very keen to go one better this year up against a, a new, another new team. Um, how do you see Leicester? Will, Leicester will be competitive as, as, as Ealing? Um, they've made some like, site, like this, they've got a few Scottish girls that have gone there. Um, they've got Fran McGee. Is it Fran McGee? Yeah. Uh, she's, who's, like if you get her the ball, um, Meg Jones, like, she, I mean, like she can do unbelievable things with or without the ball. If I'm completely honest with you, so um, I think it's going to be uh, a, certainly a year where that they are learning about themselves, how they want to play. They're building a team. They've got some Americans on there, so I think um, it it's hard when you start on a team. Um, like they have done from scratch in the last couple of years, and and playing in the championship is very different to playing in in the Premiership. So, um, and obviously they'll have they'll have Amy Kakane coming in at some point, uh, which will strengthen um, obviously their set piece, which is really fundamental because you, you say they've got some good backs, but you need to be able to get the ball to them. So yeah, I think I think they're very realistic around like this. 
and I guess where the PWR it, it it's not a three year like like franchise, and then you see whether you're gonna uh, teams are in for the long haul. So actually, it gives them opportunity to build and develop and to start growing some of their own players and 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 seeing how they how they build. But it is a it's a pretty tough opener against Exeter um, for them to start with. But they've got. Uh, the head coach that's been at Cheltenham and one there, Rochelle Clark, Rocky Clark, that was quite formal, Rochelle Clark, um, who's got plenty of experience and, and Luke Stratford as well. So who's played championship rugby, um, coached before and knows how to, to get a, a set of forwards moving around. So um, they've got good people in place to, to develop the players. The key for me was uh, that Amy Kakane, because as you can, Possibly not the the kind of character to sort of build stuff around. You know, she's she's pretty laid back, isn't she? Shuffling along with her Crocs and what have you. Um, but an incredible competitive beast when she gets on the field. But certainly someone you can build your 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 game around, as you say, that set piece. We did mention Kate Zachary, of course, uh, Ealing, uh, a little bit like Ellie Green. You can actually base your team around people like this. Two really astute signings. And, and Meg Jones, similarly, I know we're bouncing backwards and forwards, but uh, Leicester, um, really strong impression on where the game should be played and uh, an influential character. I know she was part of the sort of leadership group out in New Zealand. Yeah, she she understands the game and do you know what? To having Amy and Meg on board, they'll drive the group. They're really like the standards that they want to play with and want people to buy into. Like you've got two really great people to 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 drive that. Like they're both born competitors. They certainly haven't gone there to make the numbers up. They want that Leicester team to succeed. And I think they've they've definitely bought into the to the long term vision um and and seeing where where that will, will go for, for for them. But yeah, like I think it's uh like a means of the intent of where Tigers are that they've got two great players and Amy Cocaine and Meg Jones on their books. Yeah, great way to start against Exeter on Sunday. That's about it. Uh, so it's great to have you back. I mean, quite a few awards and quite rightly thrown your way. What was the, what was the latest one this week? What cer- ceremonial sword will we pick up this week? Um, yeah, so uh, Sports Newcastle have a, a sports awards ceremony every year and they give out different awards. And I was lucky enough to win the Lifetime Achievement Award, which is Wilkinson is was presented from Wilkinson Sword, the actual, you know, the people that make the razors and stuff. Um, and it's got some pretty cool names on there, if I'm honest. But yeah, I feel very honoured. Go on, who else? Um, Alan Shearer, Bobby um, Robson, um, Jackie Milburn. Wow. Yeah, um, so just to name a few. They're, to be honest, people are busy. Who are they? But they're like they're legends of sport, but they're also all from Newcastle. So. No, I'm not a football fan. I was giving it the Shearer celebration. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. a big fan of Shearer, so yeah. To be on the same sword as him, let's be careful. Yeah, uh, yeah. What what an absolute honour! Uh, fantastic. And then you're presumably going to a PWR game at the weekend. I am. Yes. Um, we're all we're all out watching games this weekend, which is brilliant. Um, we've got a club 
uh, watch program. So we'll all be at one every week. Wow, there you are. Well, you're obviously keeping that very close to your chest. So um, I will uh, potentially see you at uh, Bristol or not. Um, yeah, very truly honoured. I said to Belinda, yeah, do, do feel rather excited to have been asked to uh, open the coverage on TNT of Bristol against um, Sale at the at the weekend. Um, yes, as I say, I remember many moons ago. Bristol, uh, who was it? Richmond against Richmond against Saracens in a final, oh, and Emma Croker was uh, was on fire that night. Uh, Richmond stuffed Saracens all those years ago. Anyway, uh, another first, and it's absolutely brilliant. And it's been absolutely brilliant to to have you back on the pod uh, alongside. Lovely, lovely to to catch up with you, Sunter. Many congratulations, and um, I hope you can have a yeah, a bit of slipper time and, and put your feet up and have a Horlicks. Yeah. Well, my slippers are on, but there's no feet up time. It's all things go of reviewing and then planning for the future. Well, you chose it. Nobody forced you. And (laughs) we couldn't do without you anyway. So there you are. We'll see you next week. Uh, Everybody enjoy the PWR Centre. Pleasure. See you, Johnny. Bye-bye.